Hello and welcome to Countries for Kids, a podcast where we get to explore the world and its cultures. My name, my name is Elijah, and I'm here with my mom and our special guest Zoe. Are you ready for an adventure? I'm sure am, Elijah. What country will we be learning this week? Ecuador. Let's talk about the geography of Ecuador first. Zoe, can you explain what geography is? Geography is what the land is like and how people use it. Exactly, Elijah. Why don't you tell our listeners about the most obvious geographical feature of Ecuador? It's on the equator. The equator is an imaginary line that separates the top half and the from the of the earth from the bottom half. The craters are from are farthest from the no, north and south pole, so it's usually hot there. And the weather is about the same all year around. Also, the earth looks kind of like a squashed pumpkin. It's fatter at the middle and squished at the pole. When you're standing on a crater, that means you're closer to the sun. The capital city is Quito. It's the highest capital in the world. The city of Quisato has a monument that is a huge sundial. And Ecuador has some mountains called the Andes. When you stand at the highest place on the mountains in Ecuador, that means you are closer to the sun than anywhere else in the world. That is so crazy to think about. Being that high in the atmosphere has a lot of other impacts on life in Ecuador. Zoe, what effect does that have on the human body? Oxygen is is lower when you're higher up, so it's harder to breathe when you're not used to it. Engines also need oxygen to breathe, so your car won't have as good of a gas mileage there either. Even your drone batteries will will low down because there's not much oxygen. Recipes have to be adjusted because the air pressure is different. The boiling temperature of water is lower and the freezing temperature is higher. That must be hard to figure out. So, we've studied a lot about what the weather must be like, depending on how close or far you are from the poles. Since Ecuador is on the equator, what do you think the weather must be like there? Since, it's on, since we're on the equator, it must be hot and humid. It is, but there's also spots where it snows. On the top of the Andes Mountains, since they are so high in the atmosphere, it is so cold. So cold, in fact, many ice mummies have been found up there. The cold, dry climate acts just like the hot, dry climate of the desert in preserving mummies. Wow, that is so interesting. It's also on the Ring of Fire. Since you talk about it in the Japan episode, can you remind our listeners what the Ring of Fire is? The, the Ring of Fire is the edge of a giant tectonic plate under the Pacific Ocean. Everywhere it meets other plates, there are cracks in the surface of the earth where hot lava can get close to the surface or even seep through the surface. When it gets closer to the water, it can make a hot spring. There is a really awesome hotel in Papayakta that is built around the hot springs. They have several large pools where you can swim warm water. We'll post a link on our Facebook page so you can see yourself. The other thing that lava can do is come out of out of the ground. When it does that, it's called a volcano. And Ecuador has 27 volcanoes. 
Sometimes a volcano leaves a big crater where it blew up, and sometimes the craters fill up with water. La Gluna Giotola was formed eight hundred years ago. It looks so beautiful, though. And there's a hiking trail all the way around it. One cool way to see the sites in Ecuador is on a tren crucero. It'll take you top to the mountains, all the way down to the to the beach. It's crazy. Another cool trip you can take is down the Pan American Highway. It goes all the way from the top of Alaska down to the tip of Argentina and passes through Ecuador along the way. Another amazing place in Ecuador is the Galapagos Islands. They were formed by underwater volcanoes. There are six hundred miles off the coast of Ecuador. And Charles Darwin figured out the theory of evolution because it's so isolated. There are species there that exist nowhere else in the world. It's easy to see the animals evolved from the mainland to survive the immersion of the island. If you can't get to see Ecuador yourself, you can use Google Earth. It gave you an idea of what these places look like. And what life is like there. We haven't mentioned that Ecuador is in South America yet. And like most South America, they speak Espanol. There are indigenous language as well. The Inca speak Quechua. The Inca were originally from what is now Peru. They were a small tribe at first, but they eventually controlled a large part of the western. Of Western South America, including Ecuador. So then the Spanish conquistador Pizarro show up. The conquistador were sent by the Spanish government to steal land from the people in South America. They came with their swords and their guns, but what really defeated the native people were the diseases they brought, like smallpox. The men said they were tough. The sixty to ninety percent. Of the Inca were killed by smallpox. It is not hard to take over a land when everyone is dead. Those that survived were forced to work on plantations. Some of the conquistadors got in trouble by the king and king for being so mean, and some, like Pizarro, got in trouble by a man he was mean to. The horrible actions didn't make Spain want to give their country back. They took a war in 1822 for Ecuador to gain its independence. There are still indigenous people of Ecuador. They only make up seven percent about the population. The Spanish brought black slaves from Africa to Ecuador. Today, black people make up another seven percent of the population. White people make up six percent. Most of the rest are a mix of races. There are many Inca sites in Ecuador. There's a really cool site that's called Inca Pica. It has a round temple. Most were step pyramids. There's a, a town called Otavlo that is older than the Incan invasion. It's known for its highly skilled weavers. They use old-fashioned looms to make beautiful patterns, blankets, and wall coverings. There's a market every Saturday. Another interesting tradition are the salt dough figurines from the little town of Calderon. 
When the plowshow up, the villagers had more time. So they spent their free time making craft. One of their favorite things to do was make little babies and animals out of salt dough. They would bake them and then paint them. They used them in their Dia de los Muertos celebrations. Dia de los Muertos is a celebration of your long livings that are no longer living. It is practiced in many Latin cultures. They are really neat. Your assignment for this week is to ask your parent to make some salt dough and you can make your own Ecuadorian bread figurines for Dia de los Muertos. It can be a baby, an animal, or someone you love who has passed on. We'll post instructions on our Facebook page, Countries for Kids, and when you're done, post a picture so we can all see. One of my favorite parts of researching country is tasting the yummy food. We made some fresh corn tamales called umistas. They were delicious, especially with some honey on them. We also made some ceviche. Ceviche is used for lime juice to cook with. It mixed with tomatoes and onions and herbs. Ecuadorian ceviche cooks the fish before adding to the vegetables. It was delicious. We scooped it up with corn chips. We also had a drink called chukula. It was yummy, but a little weird. <laughs> yeah, you warm and blend banana, milk, and cinnamon, and then you add cheese to the drink. It tasted good, but it was definitely not a texture we're used to. This is something we would like to try made by someone who knows how to make it. So if you know how to make it or know someone who does, let us know at Elijah at CountriesForKids.World. Cheese is used a lot uh, in Ecuador food. Potatoes are used a lot because they're from there. They are also used a lot in cooking. We made a potato and cheese soup called loco de papa. That was yummy! They make a lot of their food of acciote. It doesn't have a lot of flavor, but it makes things orange. Ecuador is really good for growing bananas. Coffee and cacao, which is the bean that chocolate comes from. They always win awards for, these, for the quality of these products. Ecuador has great soil and water, really clean air, and an even growing season all year round. That makes an ideal climate for growing food. The government makes sure the roads are well maintained so that agriculture can be successful and getting food from the farms to places around the world. They, even though they do well in agriculture, most of the country still lives in poverty. Poverty means they have not having enough money for the basic things like food, water, and a place to live. Or even things that you need to keep yourself clean, like soap and toothbrushes. Ecuador has lots of natural disasters, like floods and earthquakes. It's made things hard for the people and the government. The government doesn't have enough money to to fix these. In fact, things were so unstable, the government decided to get rid of their own money and just use American money. That made things more stable for the country. That's it for now. Don't forget your assignment this week. Tell your parent to find the Facebook page, Countries for Kids, and follow it. It's the one with the black background and the cartoon of kids around the globe. 
There you will find instructions to make the Dia de los Muertos figurines with your kids. After you make your own Dia de los Muertos babies, have a grown-up take a picture and post it on our page. Make sure your grown-up includes your name, and we will shout out your work next episode. If you would like to support the show and get special perks, please head on over to patreon.com slash countriesforkids. I'm super excited to be making this podcast, but it costs money to get it to your ears, even more than my allowance. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month, and it will make me so happy to keep doing this. If you become a trailblazer, you could be on the podcast just like me. Again, that's patreon.com slash country for kids. Another benefit of being a Patreon member is you get to try to answer the question of the week and have your guests heard on the next episode. This week's question is, what is the best way to get around the desert in Sudan? Go to patreon.com slash countries for kids and sign up to be an explorer or trailblazer to get to answer this. I'd also like to give a special thanks to Huang Su, who created our intro and outro. She is on Fiverr, and the link to her services can be found on our website, countriesforkids.world. Another shout-out to Manon1978 from Fiverr for helping me get the podcast onto Apple Podcasts. Now our podcast is available everywhere you can find podcasts. Be sure to rate and review, and don't forget to share this episode with your friends. If you have questions or comments about this episode, email me at Elijah at CountriesForKids.World. See you next time when we talk about Sudan. Bye! Countries for Kids.